Prophecies pertaining to the second coming of Jesus fill our headlines every day. And many people still question if we are living in the end time. Well, I will provide overwhelming proof we are in fact living in that end time on today's edition of The End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries, and I thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the End Time Show. Wow, is there so much going on in the news right now. It's, it's hard to keep up with, actually. And thank you for everyone that sends me all of the content and articles and different videos and things from all over the world to help us keep up to date on these things because, wow, I mean, we are moving very fast right now right through the end time. We're staring at the second coming of Jesus Christ just before us now, folks. I know we've talked about that for years. My father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, talked about that for decades. But we're there. I mean, we're just a few years away from this stuff. And, I, you know, I'm not throwing out any dates or anything like that because I'm never, I'm never going to do that. But the thing is, when we see these prophecies that are written in the Bible and the events that correlate with them being fulfilled in the news every day. We've got to talk about that because there are still people questioning whether we are even in the end time. So let me go down through here and I'll give you this end time scenario and I'll give you a lot of articles and different things showing you how to prove to your friends, family, your sphere of influence that we are in fact in the end time because we're watching it right now. Revelation chapter 6 verse 1 through 8. It's the first four seals. It gives a depiction of horses that were, that there was a white horse, a red horse, a black horse, and a, John said a pale horse. They, we actually said green. In the Greek it was written green, chloros. But the translators translated it pale like in a King James Version. If you were to read a Tyndale Bible, it would say green. But the King James Version says pale. Well, it should have been translated green. So there's a white, red, black, and green horse. The original word Greek, chloros, which is green. And a lot of people have said, well, these are physical horses that will run across the earth someday and kill people and, you know, uh, there's going to be horrible destruction. That's not necessarily the case. If you go back to Zechariah chapter 6, verse 1 through 8, it tells us that these are spirits that go forth from the heavens into all the earth. So, these spirits that are rep these these um, horses that are symbolic of spirits, they have colors, and the colors help us to identify these spirits. The white spirit is Catholicism. The red spirit, socialism or communism, working in our world today. The black spirit, capitalism, and the green spirit, Islamism. Now, this is a two thousand year old prophecy. Zacharias is, is close to a 2,500-year-old prophecy. And these events are playing out in our world right now. Get this, folks. The Jewish News Syndicate, one of the major news sources in Israel, they published an article, Islamists and progressives form a red-green alliance against the individual. Get that? The red-green. Remember the spirits that will control the ideologies of mankind? 
in the end time, according to Bible prophecy, white, red, black, green. Well, listen at this. this is, I'm quoting from the article. American Jews and Muslims are under threat from a bizarre partnership between radical progressives and Islamists. Listen at this, folks. The Red-Green Alliance. This movement was named in Europe Red for Socialism, Green for Islam, and since has since gained a firm foothold in the United States, despite vast disagreements on everything from women's issues to religious pluralism, these strange bedfellows have managed to unite around a commitment to values including anti-Zionism and anti-capitalism. This partnership has developed to the extent that Islamist organizations and leaders in the U.S. are increasingly seen as an integral part of the progressive movement. Now folks, John and Zechariah prophesied 2,000 to 2,500 years ago that there would be four spirits that would control the, the main spirits that would control the ideologies of mankind in the end time. White Catholicism, Red Socialism or Communism, Black Capitalism, and Green Islamism. This article from the Jewish News Syndicate, which is not a religious organization by the way, it's just a news source in Israel. They talked about, they wrote an article about the red socialism, the green Islamism, these two spirits uniting together in the end time. Also, the Jacobin magazine, the leading socialist voice in the United States. The Jacobin magazine published an article, The Red and the Black. They said, profit is the motor of capitalism, the black spirit, what would it be under socialism? Red. Now folks, these are articles that were written recently, but yet they're telling us exactly what the Bible says is going to be in play just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And along, if you want to, there's a, there's, we've got DVDs on all this stuff. I mean, you can go watch all that, but um, especially you guys that are on End of the Age Plus, it's all available right there. The seven trumpets, the seals, everything. But in looking at this right here, these are all playing out. And when you go to Revelation 6, verse 1 through 8, it gives all kinds of very specific clues that helps you to identify these spirits. White Catholicism, Red Socialism, Communism, Black Capitalism, and Green Islamism. Now, we're here in 2023. These are 2,000 to 2,500 year old prophecies coming to pass as we speak. These things are supposed to be in power and functioning just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, I, I know I'm going to come up to a break here. I don't want to cut this next segment short, but most of you know that the Bible prophesies in the book of Luke about an increase in the LGBTQIA plus lifestyles in society in the end time. The Bible says, just as it was when the day that Lot come up out of Sodom, that's how it would be in society at the time when the Son of Man would be revealed. Every sexual desire, every perverse lifestyle is just going to be rampant in society. Boy, have we seen that. And when we come back from the break, 
I'm going to go through several articles, and we're going to go through a big end-time scenario here today on the program. And I'm going to lay all this out, showing you proof after proof we are in fact living in the end time. These prophecies are over 2,000 years old, and we're living through them as we speak. And so, we're in the end time. Why, why are we teaching these things? Because we're trying to prepare you for the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's just ahead of us. Yes, we're right there, and there should be a sense of urgency in you. Well, what do I do, Dave? We're going to get you involved in a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. We're going to get you born again. We're going to get you trusting in the Lord, putting your hope and faith and trust in Him throughout these end times so you can make it when He comes back. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. Time is not going anywhere. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time understand how you fit in and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 in time. That's 800-363-8463. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. Welcome back, everybody, and I've got a very exciting announcement, something we have been working on for over a year now. And the wor it was in the works that Irvin Baxter and I, uh, so our foundational teaching here, the Understanding the End Time DVD series, uh, we started out on VHS way back, and then we went, when we went on TV, we redid them in the uh, 2009 2010, and it was in the uh, it was on the schedule for Irvin Baxter and I to redo those in January of 2021. Well, Irvin Baxter passed November of 2020, and so it, our our family looked at each other and said, uh, "Okay, what do we do?" You know, because as far as these DVDs, because it was a an enormous undertaking because there's a book coming out with them. Well, uh, 
we looked at each other and said, we've got to do it. So I started writing and putting stuff together and we are now ready to launch that. For those of you that are on um, End Time Plus platform, the first DVD, the United States and other modern nations in the Bible, that was just released, I think, this weekend. Some of you have watched that and sent me emails, and it, from all I can tell, the reviews that I've received, uh, that everybody really, really enjoys it. And I, a lot of times, uh, it just as, you know, it's just a lot of work. I, I, I know why, and we writing, I'm write, I wrote, we're writing a book with it, and I, I know why a lot of people don't write books, because that's a lot, oh my goodness, writing a book is like, oh wow. So, but there's a book coming out with that. So, these things are getting ready to be rolled out and for sale in, or had to be shipped in June. And we are taking pre-orders for that, okay? So, they, if, to understand the end time, and it, it explains Bible prophecies, it's the, it's the foundational teachings of this ministry. The 14 major prophecies of the Bible. You can go to endtime.com slash ABC or you can call 1-800-END-TIME to pre-order today. And you can get over $350 in bonus content. All kinds of stuff that the guys are going to throw in there for you. And there are three pre-order options. You can get the DVD series, you can get the Understand the End Time book that goes along with it, or you can get the DVD series and the book. Just like a lot of you will remember uh, the Revelation commentary that Irvin Baxter did just before he passed. It had DVDs and a book. Well, our new Understand in the End Time DVD series, the first time we've ever done this, will have DVDs and a book with it as well. And so when you pre-order, we're going to throw in a bunch of bonus items, including a group VIP video uh, chat with a video call with me. And you get to answer questions. We'll banter back and forth. It's going to be a lot of fun. And so pre-order today. It's, be one of the first ones to receive this new DVD series. And it is the foundational um, series when it ships in June. I know that I've got pastors all over the world, missionaries, Bible study teachers, that have been looking for this for years now. When are you guys going to update this? So much of it was outdated. I mean, back in 2009, Irvin Baxter was teaching that, you know, he's talking about Ahmadinejad being the leader of Iran and uh, President Bush. And I mean, all these, it was very, very outdated. Well, now all that's been completely updated. And I, I took out some parts that were, um, that, you know, we just don't talk about anymore. Everything completely updated. And everybody's wanting to roll that out to their church. And so, uh, they're going to be available in June. You can pre-order them now. Again, go to endtime.com slash ABC or you can call um, 1-800-END-TIME today to order your set of DVDs and the book. Also, for those of you that are on End of the Age Plus, the DVDs will be on there. Uh, we're rolling them out, uh, you know, periodically. We're not giving, all, all 14 aren't, go, aren't going to be on there today, but the, the first one, I think, was rolled out on Sunday. And so, certainly something you guys will want to, uh, to order. Endtime.com slash ABC or call 1-800-END-TIME today. Now, this end time scenario I'm laying out here, the increase, the LGBTQIA lifestyles in society, 
We're talking about prophecies letting us know we're in the end time. So, is there, ask yourself this, is there an increase in the LGBTQIA plus lifestyle in society today? Well, consider this. The Pennsylvania Family News Source, they published an article. The NCAA, that would be the, what would that be, a National Collegiate Athletic Association. <coughs> Excuse me. The NCAA abandons female athletes and allows biological males to compete in women's sports. Now, just that headline right there, folks. I, when I was in high school, I graduated in 1986. If you would have told me that they would have allowed men, high school guys. A lot of my friends played on the football team and, I mean, big guys. I'm 6'3". Right now, I weigh about 270. And if you'd have said to me, you can play, now I would have never done this. None of my friends would have. But there may have been some guys that said, well, yeah, I'd love to play on the girls' basketball team or, you know, swim team because they dominate. Because there's no such thing as a man that was born a male that can turn into a woman. That just doesn't happen. Now, let's just, let's be honest here, folks. It doesn't happen. A lot of people have a lot of different ideas and things like that, but that's not possible. If you're born a man, you're a man. You're born a woman, you are a woman. God created two genders, that's it. Okay? But the National Collegiate Athletic Association is allowing biological men to compete in women's sports. I saw a video the other night of a men's team that played a woman's team in basketball. It's on YouTube. You can go watch it. And they beat the woman's team by 105 points, folks. And because it's, the, all the guys were like 6'5", six, 6'9", six, and the women were like about 5'8", 5'9", maybe some of them were 6'6", six, 6'1". Six, it was, the, the, we're not designed to be the same. God designed us to be different. And, but yet the NCAA thinks that biological males, if they decide they're a woman, should be able to compete in women's sports. Well, it's a travesty. Well, the, the, another article, the ACLU in the Southern California, listen at, the, at this topic of this article. The rights of the transgender and non-binary people in gyms and spas. I'm quoting from the article, just an excerpt. Visiting gyms and spas can be an essential part of maintaining physical and mental health. The California ACLU affiliates, affiliates are working to ensure that gyms and spas are inclusive and respectful of everyone's gender identity. They ask these questions. Can a gym or spa uh, deny a transgender individual service or exclude them from gender segregated spaces because they are transgender or non-binary? Here's the answer by the ACLU in California. No. Under the UNRWA Civil Rights Act, business establishments in California may not deny anyone full and equal accommodations, advantages, facilities, privileges, or services because of their sex, gender, gender identity, or gender expression, 
as well as other traits like race, national origin, religion, and disability. This means people who are transgender or non-binary have the right to full and equal to participation in gyms or spa experience, including access to, if it's a male who decides he's a woman, complete total access to other spaces based on their gender identity, locker rooms included. Okay, I had to take a deep breath on that one, but it gets worse. Number two, the ACLU of California says, the question is, do, does a transgender individual have the right to use the bathroom, or I should say restroom and locker room that match their gender identity? Not their gender, at, that they, how they were born, that God created them. Looking at their genitalia. But how they identify. The ACLU in California says, Yes, you do have a right to those locker rooms and bathrooms. You have the right to use the gender-segregated facilities, including restrooms and locker rooms, that correspond with how you identify gender identity. Regardless of your assigned sex at birth, a gym or a spa cannot force you to use facilities that do not correspond with your gender identity or deny you access to facilities that do correspond with your gender identity. Now, folks... The Bible says that there will be people that just did not like to receive a love for the truth. They wanted to put God, they didn't like to retain God in their knowledge. The Bible says there's two genders. Nature tells us there's two genders. But the Bible says, just like it was in the days of Lot when he came up out of Sodom, every, every sexual whim, every sexual desire, that's the way it's going to be. It's going to be rampant in society. Have we seen that? The Washington Free Beacon published an article, California's female prisoners feel threatened by transgender inmates. I mean, can it get any worse? I mean, imagine being a female in a prison and they open the door to the cell and say, here's your new celly. And this guy who is 6'5", you're... 5'2", weigh 110 pounds. A guy 6'5", weighs 285, steps into the cell and they shut the cell door. Now this is what's happening, folks. This is reality in 2023. The Bible says, just as it was in the days of Lot. Read the story of Lot. Most of us would say, that would never happen in America, not in 2023. We're a, we're a developed nation. But it's happening. The Bible says, or the Bible, no. Washington Free Beacon says that the state of California does not care. Listen to an excerpt from this article. Female inmates in California's prisons have been sexually assaulted by male inmates, they would consider themselves transgender, who identify as women. In response, the state has tightened restrictions on biologically female prisons, prisoners. But listen to this. Since 2021... California has allowed 47 male prisoners who identify as transgender or non-binary, many of whom do not even attempt to appear female, to transfer to women's prison. While the state has not disclosed how many of these male transfers have attacked female prisoners, 
a legal challenge from female inmates reviewed by the Washington Free Beacon reveals that the troubling real-world impact of California's progressive policy. Folks, they, the states that have allowed this are shocked when a female prisoner comes up pregnant. They're shocked at that because the individual coming in is supposed to be a woman, a transgender, a guy who was in a male prison came over into a female prison and then the state is shocked when women start coming up pregnant. Now, are we living in the end times? That's my thing here today. An increase in LGBTQIA plus activity, agendas being pushed, lifestyles in our world at the time of the coming of the Son of Man. Folks, we're living in the end time. The, the last one on this topic, the Daily Signal. I, I, I've got hundreds of them. The Daily Signal published an article. Kindergarten through 12th grade schools are bringing in drag queens to teach gender ideology. Gender ideology. Now, do you think that they're going to learn the biblical teaching of two genders? Absolutely not. Come on, let's not fool ourselves here. They're being taught a gender ideology that little Susie, little Tommy, you can decide what you want to be. And then everybody in society needs to call you they, them, theirs, uh, not she or he, because that's against societal norms now, right? Folks, this is what's going on in 2023. These are certainly precursors to the second coming of Jesus Christ. These are things, these are prophecies leading up to that. It's getting much worse. And thankfully, there's a way out. For everybody in those situations, there's a way out, and that's Jesus Christ. There is a hope for everybody living in those lifestyles that you can come out of that. They're trying to criminalize the treatment for that where you would go into a, a therapist or something and uh, try to, to um, transition out of that ideology and to come into a, a biblical marriage or a big, biblical relationship or a biblical mindset. Hey, I'm a man or I'm a woman or this, uh, the, this female is a woman. And, oh, hey, wait a minute. I can, I, I can define a woman. It is an adult female who has reproductive or organs able to have a child. That's the definition of a woman. But yet there are people who are on the Supreme Court now of the United States who cannot define what a woman is. There are doctors and lawyers and people all over the United States now that say, I don't know, I can't define a woman. Folks, this is where we're at, and these things are going to be the mindset of some people. The Bible says it will be, just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. We absolutely are living in the end time. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ part two, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. 
call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Okay, everyone, we're going to go to the Middle East Peace Treaty, but just, just so that you know and get it right, just in case you're asked, a woman is an adult human female. Okay? I mean, uh, okay, moving on. Middle East Peace Treaty starts the beginning of the final seven years. Daniel 9.27 Bible prophesies that the Antichrist will confirm a covenant with many for a final seven-year period and that that peace agreement would be the confirmation of God's covenant with Abraham that Israel would always have a homeland in the promised land. It's all the way back in uh, Genesis 15, 18. The fulfillment of that prophecy is going to be the signing of a peace agreement between Israel and the Palestinians. Not the Abraham Accords, but the Israelis and the Palestinians specifically. That prophesied agreement has to do five things. It'll have five characteristics. Establish a Palestinian state in Judea. It will allow the Jewish settlers presently living in Judea to remain in their homes, living as a Jewish minority in that new Palestinian state. Place the Temple Mount under a sharing arrangement, probably an internationally supervised sharing arrangement, which will allow both Jews and Muslims to worship there. It will allow Israel to build her third temple and it will, Israel will retain control of Jerusalem throughout the end time. If a peace agreement is established in the near future that does not allow for those five things, that's not the one. Okay? So when you see that prophesied peace agreement, then you can know assuredly the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ has begun. Now I'm not going to take time to prove to you. We've done it many times and I'll probably do it in the, in the future, but I, to prove to you how we know that it's going to be Israel, Palestine, and I'm, I've got too much I want to cover today. But just trust me. So, the Jerusalem Post, they published an article, Could China Serve as a Broker of the Israeli-Palestinian Peace Deal? You know that they have tried many, many times. The, the uh, Quartet, the United States, and many people have to, Europe, they've tried to get Israel and Palestinians to a peace table and to get them to get something signed. The peace agreement has not been signed yet. You've got the Y River Accords and the um, Camp David Peace Accords and all these different ones, um, but not, not the one. And so from this article in the Jerusalem Post, it says a more powerful China is clearly rising 
and is willing to take risks, like working with the Saudis and the Iranians, you know about the, the deal that they just got signed together. And that may not mean that what it achieved in those talks can be replicated, talking about the Israeli-Palestinian agreement, uh, a potential one. But last week saw an interesting discussion around China playing a possible role in peacemaking between Israeli and Israel and the Palestinians. The discussion illustrates China's role, growing role, I should say, in the Middle East. Why does China have a growing role in the Middle East? One of the reasons is because the United States, under the Obama administration, has a position of weakness. Okay? So it's allowing our enemies, it is emboldening our enemies to take steps they normally wouldn't take. So, after China helped broker that deal between Saudi Arabia and Iran, it appeared that Beijing uh, could solve many problems by posing an out, as an outsider with no real agendas or baggage. So, it, you guys know that Israel considers the United States to be the exclusive mediator in its conflict with the Palestinians and has always rejected European, the Europeans, the United Nations, Russian mediation. I don't think that they would go with a, a Chinese mediator either. But it's just in interesting that there are articles out there talking about these things. There's also one from the Jerusalem Post uh, that states the top EU official to Israel that we will keep pushing peace and rejecting the settlements. Well, that's the, that's the position of the international community. Reject those settlements, which is a precursor to the Great Tribulation that's coming. Another Jewish Holocaust. And, but these are in our, in our headlines. I tell you, folks, the, the headlines are every day, every day. It's a fulfillment of Bible prophecy and precursors to all of them. The United Nations also published an article that said, uh, Time is working against us. The UN chief, Antonio Guterres, he's the Secretary General of the United Nations, he says that, He's calling for action to end the clashes and to restore a credible Israeli-Palestinian political horizon. They believe, the international community believes, now this is crazy, but they believe that the settlements, the Israeli-Palestinian uh, conflict, and mainly the settlers living out there in Judea, which is what the international community would call the West Bank, that they are the, they are the, the problem, uh, and, and they pretty much are the, the, um, the cog in the wheel for peace in the entire Middle East. However, that's simply not the case. It's basically a war between Satan and God is what it is. It's a spiritual battle because those people are doing the will of God living out there. They're going to occupy the land, which is what God told Israel to do when they went into the Promised Land. Those people are doing God's will. And Satan is against that. Satan's the driver behind world government. So hence the anti-Semitism of the international community against Israel. You want to know what it's all about? That's it right there. It's a spiritual battle. Well, guess what? At the Battle of Armageddon, God is going to set all that straight, right? He's going to come back, plant His feet upon the Mount of Olives. The Bible says He will fight as He did in the day of battle. And he, most of God's wrath that's poured out in Revelation chapter 16 is poured out upon the armies that have come down against Israel to battle 
And the Bible says the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. That's Revelation chapter 11 at the seventh trumpet. So that's how it's all going to culminate. You want to be on the right side, you'll stand with Israel. The Bible says, uh, God told Abraham, I will bless them that bless you and I'm going to curse them that curses you. So we stand with Israel. Not just because of that. I love the people. I want to see them saved. And so... Very, very important that we talk about these things. But we're living through the prophecies of the Bible, folks. It's happening right before our very eyes. There will be, in the near future, an Israeli-Palestinian conflict. That prophecy is a 2,500-year-old prophecy written by Daniel when he was down in Babylonian captivity. They were in Babylonian captivity for 70 years. He wrote, God gave him this prophecy while he was down there in Babylon in, in captivity. And here we are in 2023, 2,500 years later, and these prophecies, who is, who, the, the, the international community, the news sources around the world are riveted on this conflict on a daily basis, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. How did Daniel know that 2,500 years from the time he was living that the international community would be focused on that right there. Daniel didn't know. God revealed this to him. God knows the end from the beginning. That's why all these things are happening in such intricate detail. God went to the writers of the Bible and gave them what to write. That's God's Word. It's basically God telling a story about what's coming in the near future. That's Bible prophecy. Jesus said, I tell you these things before they come to pass, that when they come to pass, you might do what? Believe. Believe in what? Believe in God's Word. All of this stuff is found in God's Word. But yet there are people, I deal with people all the time, that want me to prove, prove, Dave. Uh, you say we're living in the end time, Dave. Prove it. Okay. That's what today's program is devoted to. It's easily proven, folks. Um, the next one, the Sixth Trumpet War. Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21. Um, you know, I, we've got a note here. If we go on through a, a, an end time timeline scenario, this end time... Um, scenario that there's going to emanate out of the Middle East region, the Euphrates River region, a war that's going to result in the killing of one-third of the world's population. The war is called the Sixth Trumpet War because it's going to occur at the sounding of the Sixth Trumpet. Again, it's described in Revelation 9, verse 13, all the way down through 21. And this war is going to take place just before or shortly after the peace agreement I just mentioned. And the Bible, the Bible does tell us that it has to take place at the very latest before the three and one half years of Great Tribulation, which is the final three and one half years. So folks, listen. Very important. It could conceivably happen at any time now if we are not already in the war. Many people believe we are. And it's just not escalated to the point where we would have mass casualties. Now, you guys know as well as I do, I have never heard talk of a World War III. Now, I'm, I'm, uh, 50, I'll be 55 in August. August 4th, I'll be 55 years old. I was born in 1968. The war, World War II ended in 1945. So, from 68 till now, I've never heard talk of World War III mentioned in the news like it is right now. 
Now, you've got to agree with me on that. I'm in world news all day long, every day, folks. And I have never heard of war. Every once in a while, it'll get mentioned. But most of the major news sources have something about a World War III scenario in them today. And there are many scenarios. Uh, there is the, the Russia-Ukraine situation. Some people believe that could lead to a World War III. The China-Taiwan situation. Some people believe that. Now, those of us that follow Bible prophecy, I'm looking at the Middle East region, the Euphrates River region. The Bible says, Loose the four angels bound in the great river Euphrates. And when they're loosed, their mission is to kill a third of the world's population. Loose the four angels bound in the great river Euphrates for to kill a third part of mankind. Okay? So I watched, I watched the Middle East. I watched the Euphrates River region, Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. I watch that like a hawk every morning. I read as many articles as I can get my hands on. Deb Kafal reported that Iran and Al-Qaeda's, uh, the Al-Qaeda's chief, uh, Kwani, is building a Sunni Shiite multiple front line against Israel. Iran would love to wipe Israel off the planet. They're the number one state sponsor of terrorism, and they're looking to build nuclear weapons. Now, they are allowed to do that because of the weakness of the United States under the Biden administration, and that has emboldened our enemies. I mean, do you think Iran, China, and Russia, and Turkey, and all these other nations were not watching how we fumbled the ball in Afghanistan and went in and took out our military before we got our civilians out? Who does that? I mean... I've never been the President of the United States. I've never led the military. But, I mean, I could tell you, if you're going to go in and you're going to evacuate and leave the country, take the, take the civilians out first, leave the military there to protect them, then pull the military out. I mean, that's common sense. But we did the exact opposite. And so... Our enemy, Iran was watching that, folks. And then on top of that, we left them billions and billions and billions of dollars of United States Humvees, machine guns, military implements, bombs, grenades. Our, all of our enemies were watching that. And it has emboldened them to say, well, if that's how they're going to handle particular situations, they wouldn't do anything to us. We'll build a nuclear weapon. The United States isn't going to do anything because they're showing, we're, we're coming at it from a position of weakness, everybody, under the Biden administration. That's what's going on. Read your news. These are precursors to the second coming of Jesus Christ. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider 
partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. talking about this World War III scenario, President Trump, many of you may have seen the interview where President Trump told Fox News, uh, I think he was on with Tucker Carlson, that the United States and Russia currently have weapons that could do 500 times more damage than the bombs dropped on um, the Japanese cities of Hiroshima and Nagasaki at the end of World War II in 1945. 500 times more. And if I remember right in the interview, he said that there was granite that was melted. In other words, if you take a granite countertop and you hold a torch on that, it won't melt it. But a nuclear weapon melted that kind of stuff in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And he said we've, these, the weapons we have today could do 500 times more damage than that. And President Trump argued that nuclear weapons are a bigger threat to humanity than climate change. I I agree with him a thousand percent. And he warned that all it takes is one madman to plunge the world into nuclear warming or into a World War III scenario. And I listened to the interview and I thought this guy was just the President of the United States a couple years ago. He, know, he had access to information that none of us do, the, the, the highest level. And he's saying, and I, and I agree with him, the global warming and global, human-induced global warming is leads to climate change. That's an absolute hoax, everybody. Please don't buy into that. It's all about wealth redistribution and pushing us towards socialism is what it is. However, President Trump was just a president a couple years ago, and he's telling us, folks, we're one dictator away, we're one madman away from a World War III scenario. He knows how much nuclear capabilities we have. He knows how much nuclear capabilities Russia has, how much China has. I think he said in the interview that five years, China would have, would be up to par with us. And we don't ever, you know, I don't know, there may be a World War III scenario hap- that happens before that hap- before we allow that to happen. Um, but World War III is coming. Revelation 9, 13 through 21. Read it for yourself. The sixth trumpet war. The first five trumpets have already occurred. The sixth trumpet's the next one. That and the peace agreement. So on the heels, or I should say, let's say in the aftermath of the sixth trumpet war, in which 2.7, billion, we just, I think in November we just reached 8 billion population on the planet. So that we're looking at 2.7-ish billion human beings, they're going to be wiped out. And I, I, I know that rolls off my tongue and I'm sorry for that. But that's what Scripture says is going to happen. I don't want it to happen. I wish it wasn't going to happen. But the Bible says it's going to and the prophecies always come to pass. So on the heels of that, the cry for this, a, a, a global organization, a world government that can prevent war is going to be deafening. Remember at the end of World War II, the United Nations was sold to us as an entity 
that could prevent war, to keep people from going to war, to, um, uh, for their different uh, conflicts or their different arguments or whatever their position is, trying to defend land or whatever. Instead of going to war, they were supposed to go before the United Nations and argue out their differences. Well, of course, the United Nations has been a joke in keeping wars from happening, right? We've had Vietnam, I mean, you just name it. But on the heels of World War III, imagine when 40 times the amount of people killed in World War II are killed in World War III. The international community is going to adopt a world-governing entity to eliminate the possibility of a global war ever, ever taking place again. Nations will, of the world, they're going to surrender completely their sovereignty to the New World Order and this, this New World Government so that it can eliminate war completely. People, they're going to yield up their armies. They're going to confiscate guns. They're going to completely yield themselves to this world governing body. And this, this is scriptural. The Antichrist, Revelation 13, 1-8, gives a, gives a um, description of a world government and the leader of that world government, the Antichrist. All this stuff is prophesied in the Bible. That's where we get these end time scenarios from. Well, that's what's going to happen on the heels of World War III. It's going to be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist. Now, when we talk about world government, the United Nations is the seat of that world government. We're already way off into this, folks. You guys have heard our teaching about the uh, New World Order is world government. That's, that, that's exactly, it's all been pre-planned. It's by grand design. It's world government 101. Now, the United Nations published an article. You say, well, is this really happening? The United Nations published an article. The title of the article said, The UN Advisory Board Charts a Fresh Path to Better Global Governance. Global governance is world government. Period. The National Herald published an article. Antonio Guterres, the Secretary General of the United Nations, he calls for multilateralism, world nations working together, and for reformed global governance. He knows that the current world government doesn't have the teeth or the enforcement methods that they want. They want to be able to dictate rather than suggest to nations what to do. And so he's saying we've got to have a reformed global governance. We don't have, everybody's not working together like they're supposed to. Down to Earth published an article. The UN, the United Nations, calls for overhaul of global governance to tackle climate change. Again, they want to dictate to people what to do. They don't want to, well, let's just suggest, here's what you should do as America to tackle climate change. They don't want that. They want to be able to dictate to you and me as the United States citizens what we have to do. I have to buy an electric car. I have to go solar and get rid of gas and quit eating uh, good old Texas beefsteak or brisket or ribs or chickens and smoked ribs, brisket, chickens and brisket. I got to add smoked in there because if you're from Texas and everybody smokes. Okay, so moving on. Uh, the, uh, I, ha I, I had a, a small lunch, so we got to move on here. Uh, the, uh, the Mirage. They published an article. Oh, they want you to move off of eating good food onto tofu and tofurkey and bugs and all this other mess and Bill Gates. That's never going to happen in Texas. I'm just telling you, that's never going to happen. There's too many cows running around. Okay. The Mirage published an article. The new blueprint 
calls for revitalized global governance. Folks, it's world government. I mean, this world government is going to be the culmination of years of planning that have already been in progress. This thing started decades ago. For several years, it had been generally believed that there would be two major causes for war on the earth. Conflicts between nations, conflicts between religions, and in some minds, the economic conflicts. But really, it's nations and, and religions. Those are the two main ones of, of uh, conflicts that bring about war. Well, the solution was simple in the minds of these global leaders. Number one, we've got to do away with the nation states and get nations, listen closely, get nations so they won't protect their borders. Wow, we haven't seen that in 2023, have we? A nation, a modern, developed, rich nation that would not protect its borders. It's going right along with world government, folks. They want nations to do away with their borders and force everyone on earth to pledge allegiance to a single ultimate political authority, a world government. That's the plan. And then number two, to abolish the doctrinal differences between all religions and coerce churches, the church leaders, to sign declarations of unity with a single, all-inclusive religious authority, a world religion. Now, I could spend days on this stuff, you guys, talking about all the moves to create a world government and all the moves to create a world religious body. Why do you think that people have got on this interfaith bandwagon? Uh, a few decades ago, all the religions believed theirs was the right one and everybody else is going to hell or whatever they consider to be a, a bad place, maybe in the afterlife or maybe just to the grave. But over the last few decades, four, five or six decades, people have started changing and getting into these big interfaith movements, gathering all the religions, to, of the, the parliament of world's religions and uh, all these big interfaith movements by the Pope and the Muslims and now the Catholic Catechism says that Muslims can be saved and because they all had the father Abraham. And I mean, regardless of the fact that they don't believe Jesus was God or that he died on the cross. Okay? That's interfaithism. Interfaithism is anti-Bible. Interfaithism is anti the true God. There's only one God. And so... It's very important that we understand these things. I will never get caught up in anti inter, interfaith movements. No, no. Don't want anything to do with that. Because I love the truth. And I've got to teach people the truth. I'm bound by God as a God-called minister to teach the absolute truth of the Word of God. So, there's only one God. I can never tell anybody, you believe in thousands of gods? That's okay. No, it's not okay. Not if you want to make it to heaven. And so, but these interfaith movements that all these guys are caught up in, that's an effort to create a world religious system. And you can see how they're doing it. They will get all of the religions together to get them into one global ethic, one belief system that says, hey, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the religious leaders of these entities will say, hey, 
the United Nations is pushing human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change. All of you religions, you need to support this because this is a spiritual thing and we need to protect the earth and all this other. So you need to abide by the United Nations edicts. Now, this is all world government, world religion. It's the union of politics and religion. It's prophesied in the Bible. Revelation 17, 3, John saw a vision of a woman, the false religious system, sitting on the back of a scarlet-colored, uh, seven-headed, ten-horned beast, the world government, in complete alliance with each other. And they would be, the, the, the leader of this world religious system will be using his pious position to get all of the religious leaders and the religions to bow down to the edicts of the world governing body. So when you see a world government, i.e. the United Nations, when you see them putting out these uh, agenda-driven um, plans for human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change, we've got to curb carbon emissions. Then they these religious leaders will say, hey, did you hear what the United Nations, the world government said? We've got to curb carbon emissions. Go back and in your churches and you pastors that are influential over the men of your churches and the women of your churches that are running these big factories, you tell them we need to curb these carbon emissions. And that's how they get the, the religions to support the edicts of the world governing body. Eventually, these leaders will tell the religions who are under their influence, this is the Messiah, not Jesus Christ, but a man who stands in the temple in the very near future. That's what they will say. The Bible says that the, the false prophet will cause the world. This is Revelation 11, or 13, 11 through 15. The false prophet will cause the religions of the world to bow down to and pledge allegiance and worship the Antichrist and his world governing system. We're seeing this happening right now before our very eyes. And it's pointing us right towards the second coming of Jesus Christ and the Battle of Armageddon. I had a lot more to go through today. We don't have time, but God bless every, every, each and every one and thank you for watching us today.